0: Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and I'm so glad you joined us today. If you have not heard other episodes of Activate Podcast, check it out on SoundCloud.com or on iTunes, search Jillian Pelkey Activate, and you can hear um, other episodes. Let's pray, and then let's get right into what God has for us today. Jesus, I thank you that you are with us, that you promise never to leave us or forsake us. Jesus, I thank you that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that you really are that knight in shining armor that always comes through, that you never fail. You are unfailing. Your love is unfailing. I thank you that your promises are true. They are yes and amen. Jesus, I thank you that you are the beginning and the end. You are the author of our faith and you're the perfecter of our faith. And you promise to see us through right to the end. God, I thank you that your plans for us are good and that, God, you use everything, even the bad stuff, you can use it for your glory. You take us from ashes to beauty. God, you take the bad situations in our lives and you make us whole. God, I thank you that you never get weary. You never uh, run dry, but God, you are full of life. God, I thank you that we can come to you and you can renew and restore us. That, God, you can give us all that we need to live life your way. Lord, I pray that we would draw near to you today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever said, if only, if only I had, or if only I was, then I would be? I really believe that God is in the moment, He is in the now, He is in today, He's in Tuesday. He doesn't look at us for what we could become. He doesn't look at us for the things that we can offer him. He loves us. How profound that God created you and he loves you today. He doesn't love the version of you tomorrow more than he loves the version of you today. He loves you through and through today. And yet, uh, as humans, as men and as women, we are continually unsatisfied with the now. We're always looking at tomorrow. We say things like, if I could only have a bigger house, if I only had a bigger dining room table, if I only had a better car, a bigger car, if I only lived in the right neighborhood, if I only got to get my kids into this soccer program or that school district, if only then I would be at peace. Then I would be okay. But it's because I don't have a big table. It's because I don't have the right car. It's because of him. It's because of her. It's because of this. It's because of that. And we justify and make excuses for our own anger and shortcomings because we say, if I only had, then I would. We want to obtain things. We want to get things. And we think getting things will push us into a moral standard for ourselves. We think that getting things will soothe our souls and let us then be kind and let us then be content. I'll be content, but first I need this. I'll be joyful, but first I need this. I'll be okay as long as that person is not around me. It's because of them, it's because of this. We want to obtain things. We also want to attain things. We want to uh, become certain things. I want to attain this job. I want to attain this ministry. Once I'm in ministry, then I will. Once I have this position or job place, then I can be kind to people. Then I can go and help the less fortunate. Once I have obtained this, then. And I believe that God is here in the moment. He's here in Tuesday. And he's calling out to us, and he's saying, today, I love you. He's saying, be satisfied with Tuesday. let tomorrow take care of itself. In Matthew 5, it talks about worry. It says, why do you worry about tomorrow and the clothes that you'll wear and the food that you'll eat? Doesn't tomorrow have enough problems of its own? Today is important to Jesus. The you living in today is what he has to work with. The you living in the home that you have now with the people you're surrounded with is what you have to work with today. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is not in tomorrow. Our hope is not in things or positions. Our hope is in Jesus. If only shouldn't be in our vocabulary. Because of Jesus, I have the joy of the Lord. Because of Jesus, I have peace that passes all worldly understanding. Because of Jesus, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I can fear no evil. I have everything I need to live life and to live it his way. I have the mind of Christ. I am equipped and empowered by the person of Jesus Christ. When we feel a lack in our lives, it means that we have Shifted our attention and our focus off of Jesus. When there is a lack in our lives, we have shifted our our attention off of Jesus. Because in Him is everything that we need. He is enough, He is more than enough. He is our Father, He is our friend, He is our brother, He is our husband, He is our everything. There is no lack in your life that Jesus cannot fill. And that's not just an easy quote that is, has no backing. That is truth. That is heavy. Jesus is enough in every situation, in good times and in bad times, in hard times and in easy times. He is everything that we need. Are you lonely? Go to Jesus. Is your heart broken? Go to Jesus. Or do you feel like you're lacking? Go to Jesus. I want to take a look today at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. This is talking about the law of Moses and how it showed our imperfection, and it shows that Jesus is our hope. So let's read that together. Hebrews 7, 18 and 19. The old rule is now set aside because it was weak and useless. The law of Moses could not make anything perfect. But now a better hope has been given to us. And with this hope, we can come near to God. Hebrews 7, 18 through 19. So let's take a look at this. It says that the old rule is now set aside because it was weak and useless. The law of Moses could not make anything perfect. The law could not make you perfect. A a list of rules that you follow and keep cannot make you perfect because no one can obtain it. No one can attain it. We cannot follow the full law. Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, your pastor, your husband, your saintly friends, no one could completely obey the law of Moses. It could not make anything perfect. The things that you do in your life do not earn love from God. You cannot earn God's love You cannot earn God's love. I'm going to say it a third time. You cannot earn God's love. He just loves you. The things that you do don't add to how much he loves you. God can never love you more than he does today. I'm going to say that again. God can never love you more than he does today. And I'm going to say it a third time. God can never love you more than he does today on Tuesday in this moment. He's not going to love you more tomorrow when you obtain a better house. He's not going to love you more tomorrow when you attain a great ministry or job title. He loves you completely today. Following the entire law is impossible and it cannot make us perfect. The law doesn't make us perfect. Our good deeds don't make us perfect. Our good deeds don't make us lovable by God. He loves us, period. But we have a better hope and it's been given to us and with this hope, we can come near to God. Jesus draws us near to God. If only I had a bigger table. But you can come near to God. How does that even compare? If only my kids could get into soccer, you don't understand. If they were in the right soccer program, then everything would be right in our lives. But you can come near to God. Isn't that more Isn't that more than soccer or a table or a position or a ministry? Do you love God more than the things that you're trying to obtain? Do you love God more than the things you're trying to obtain? Do you love God more than a ministry you're trying to attain? Do you love God more than ministry? Do you love God more than all the other things? than all the other people. Let him be a fountain of living water in your life. Let him be enough. Because of Jesus, we can come near to God. If you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We can come near to God. If only I could, if I could just... It's already happened. Jesus made a way, the best thing, to come near to God. And in his presence, the things of earth grow strangely dim. In his presence, it doesn't matter if you're all squished around a small table in a garage. The joy of the Lord is inside of you. And in the moment and in today, you can have everything that you need. You can have, Peter says, you can have the mind of Christ today. James says, if you lack wisdom, ask, and he'll give freely to anyone who asks. But don't doubt and be tossed back and forth like a wave. Be sincere in how you ask. Today you can come near to God. All of our if-onlys need to stop. God, if only I had a husband, then I would. Oh, friend, come near to God. God. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll open doors that no man can open. He'll do things beyond what you can hope or imagine. Why are you putting your hope in a relationship? Why are you putting your hope of, God, if you only provide a baby for me, and then I will be at peace. If only I had a baby. Come near to God. Let him minister to your very soul. Let him be more than enough. If only I had more money, then my family could be at peace. If only we could go on vacation. Draw near to God, it's so much better. And he'll show you a way that's even better. I love when we're surprised at what God says or does, because it really shows that we're talking to the God of the universe and not just making stuff up on our own. You know, when God says to do something crazy or say something out of the norm or be somewhere, God makes a way where there seems to be no way. I want to give you an example of a story, and I might have told it before on the podcast, but one summer I was interning down in Rhode Island, and there were no People my age, and I came from a dorm room of girls, and then went to go live uh, on my own, and there were no people my age, and I was super, super lonely this summer. And I just was praying about it and called out to God. I said, "God, I'm so lonely. Um, Will you help me?" And one day I'm driving down the road, and the Lord put on my heart to go to this little Baptist church for their Wednesday night service. And uh, super strange because I'm interning at another church down the road. Why would I go to this Baptist church and? Um, I wrestled with it a little bit and I, God, are you sure? You want me to go to this, this church service? Because we didn't have Wednesday night services, the church I was interning at. And so I go into the church and it's old and I look around and it's full of older people. And um, I walk in and I, I've wanted to just turn right back around because I looked, there was no one my age or even close to my age. I said, God, you must have made a mistake or I must not have heard you because this is not where I'm supposed to be. How am I going to find a friend here? And anyway, I went in, and I sat down, and the pastor said, today, we're going to, this evening, we're going to be praying for our missionaries, and so what I would like you to do is find a group of two or three people and pray for the missionaries. I thought this is the the worst ever. I I couldn't understand, and I didn't want to pray with people I didn't know, and I didn't want to get involved with another church. I I didn't understand why I was there. And so uh, these two people turned around in their pew in front of me and said, could we pray with you. Would you like to join us and we'll pray together? And I said, Yeah, sure. And so we prayed for the missionaries that the church supported. And then afterwards, um, the lady said to me, "I know this is going to sound a little odd, but I have a daughter who's your age, and she couldn't make it tonight because she's at the Y uh, taking some uh, taking a class. But um, this seems a little strange. Uh, I really just want her to have Christian friends. She's a good, godly Christian girl, and she needs uh, friends that are Christians." Would you want to come over to our house and and meet her? And don't tell my parents because they would freak out that I went with people I didn't know. But I I followed this couple to their house, this big, beautiful house. And I met their daughter, and we hung out the rest of the summer. She was my friend. I hung out with them. We went mini-golfing. She had a group of friends, and we um, just did all kinds of stuff together, watched movies, hung out. It was like we were fast friends. God answered my prayer. (laughs) But even if he didn't, he was enough. God was enough. But do you see how God provides in such interesting ways? I would have never in a million years gone to this little tiny church. But God said, here you go. The first step is trusting God. The first step is, God, you're enough. And then God provides And even if he doesn't provide exactly what we think we need, he knows best. And I am so thankful that I don't serve a God as a genie in a, in a lamp. I am so glad that I don't serve a God who serves me, but I serve a God who I bow before and I trust his opinion above mine. And if he says this is a season of solitude, then this is a season of solitude. And if he says this is a season of friendship, then this is a season of friendship. I'm glad that my God doesn't bow before my whims and wishes, but I get to bow before his. I'm glad that he knows more. I'm glad that his thoughts are higher than mine and his ways are higher than mine. I am glad that I am not in charge and he is. He is God and I am not. So he can do powerful things beyond what I can comprehend. And so I trust him. And if he brings along the things I want, great. And if he doesn't, great. Because he is enough. Because of Jesus, I can draw near to God. And drawing near to God is better than anything I could ever get. It's better than anything I could ever become. It's like everything's already done for me. I'm already free. I'm already free. I am not lacking. I have God. Whether I have people or not people, things or no things, I have Jesus. You have access to To Jesus. This is our hope. This is our hope. Some of us are trying to obtain love from God. We think that if we do things, God will love us more. If we read our Bible more, he'll love me more. If I pray more, he'll love me more. And we think that the things that we do will gain us clout with God. Well, if I do these five good things, then God has to do something good for me. Like as if it's an exchange. If I do good, then God has to do good back. Thank God that he is bigger than that. Thank God that that is not the exchange rate he has. Instead, he says he's going to lavish his love on us, whether we're good or not, because of Jesus. We don't have to do things to get God's love. He already loves us. Completely loves us. Because he completely loves us. Because I am full of his love. Because I am full to the top of his love. Because he has filled every void in my life. Because my heart is overflowing. Because of who he is, I go and do good things. I don't do good things so that he will love me. He already loves loves me. It's beautiful. It's overwhelming. There's nothing that separates me from the love of God. No height, no depth, no angel, no demon. Nothing separates me from the love God has for me today. If I become something amazing in the eyes of the world, it doesn't even matter because he loves me the same. Or if I live in obscurity and in poverty, he loves me just the same because I'm his you're his today. Whether he provides a friend for you or not, a husband, a child, a job, a house, a car or not, he loves you completely. Not based off what he gives us, not based of what, what he gives him. It is complete love. Think of how patient God is with you. Think of how kind God is with you. He loves you. Nothing will ever change that. So today, you can come near to God. And you could be full of his joy and his presence. Because of Jesus, you can come near to God today. Completely confident that he loves you. And then, no matter what you face, you're full of his love. No matter who you face, you're full of his love. We can't be perfect. We don't have perfect lives. We don't have perfect families. We don't have perfect relatives. We don't have perfect anything. We've realized when we look at the law of Moses that we could not obtain perfection in the eyes of God. There's no way. There's no, there's no one that's done it. We can't do it. But because of Jesus... We can sit in the presence of perfection. (laughs) We can sit in the presence of God and find all that we need. And then as we come out of our prayer closet, as we come out of our time spent with God, and we face a world that's fallen, people that are fallen, things that aren't right, we can still be joyful because we've been in the presence of God. Our hope is in Jesus. This Thanksgiving, don't put your hope in anything besides Jesus. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Hebrews 7, 18 through 19 says, the old rule is now set aside because it was weak and useless. The law of Moses could not make anything perfect, but now a better hope has been given to us, and with this hope, we can come near to God. I love God today. I don't love God because of the things that he is given or not given me. I don't base my love for God on the things that I have or my bank account. I know that God loves me. And his love for me is not based on anything besides the love itself. His love for me is based on Jesus. Be confident today. Be confident today that your God loves you. Nothing will ever change that. Nothing. Nothing. Let's pray. Jesus, your presence is everything to us. When we sit at your feet, when we get into a place where God, we can just be alone with you, we are restored. And Lord, I pray for all those who are hurting or brokenhearted that you would come and be their comfort. God, I pray that you would be enough. You would remind each and every one of us just how much you love us. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for dying on a cross. Thank you for being the sacrifice for our sins. Thank you for being our perfection. Lord, I pray that we would draw near to you. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.